understand that we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Hurley. You are tuned into something new. We are starting this month something I'm going to call Mask Off Mondays. Mask off Mondays. This is just going to be a one-time thing once a month where we're going to do something very, very different than what I typically do in my podcast episodes. And it is Mask Off Mondays, and I'm going to interview a male who is willing to be vulnerable by choice. And this is going to be Mask Off Mondays, an attempt, a woman's attempt, to reveal and unveil this masculine mask our men are wearing and what all is behind it. I figured that on the Stranded Podcast, my goal is always to help you get out of your your stranded phase, get you off that island where you feel like you're isolated in the middle of nowhere by yourself. And in discussing this topic with people and what people feel like they're the most stuck in really truly varies. I've heard religion, um, I've heard self, self self-love, self-doubt, self-awareness, but people also feel stuck in their relationships and before or after breakups. And so that's why I thought this was so important because so many of my girls and my friends, we're, we're 30 plus years old and we still have questions about men that we don't understand. And I knew there were men out, some men out there that were willing to be vulnerable and honest and open. And so that is why I have started the new once a month mask off Mondays. And so for our very first mask off Mondays, this episode will be with a very good friend of mine. You guys can welcome Mike Nelson. Thank you for gracing the stranded podcast for the very first episode of mask off Mondays. Hey Jeff, thanks for having me. I um I love that name. That name is super dope and I'm glad to uh, be a part of it. Well, you poor thing, you're gonna be the first one that is just gonna get questioned to death by a woman. I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't nothing new. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of our MO, so uh, you're gonna get truly put to the test today. And just to explain a little more for my audience, this is a woman's attempt to really unveil some of the things about men that just even I'm 29. I have friends that are in their mid thirties, you know, late thirties that still have questions about men. There's just some things that we don't understand. And just as a disclaimer, I know it's likewise, because I know women are difficult to understand as well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but uh, an attempt to a chance to be able to ask some real questions that women have Um, I think it's so important and I really, really appreciate you for doing this and I'm excited and uh, thank you. Hey, no problem. Mask off. Let's, let's go. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Mike, from what I know about you, 
because um, we've been friends for a couple of years, you know, from a distance and you're healthy, you work out all the time, you know, you're, you've got a great business, you're considerably wealthy, um, you've got a great personality, you're not too bad looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would, and, and from what I know about you, you seem pretty fulfilled. So what, what is a man who might have it all, what would you need from a woman to kind of take her seriously? What would you be looking for? Wow. So even, you know, as you list all of those things, um, I still think as men, we still um, have insecurities about ourselves as well. So I would say for me personally, um, when I'm looking for specific characteristics in a woman, one of the, the top things that she can bring to the table for me is the ability to motivate me to want to do better. Um, to give me that drive to not let me get stagnant and complacent with where I'm at in life. And, you know, she can put herself in that role to um, allow herself to say, hey, let me push him and let me hold him accountable so that he can achieve his goals. Um, That's by far one of the most important things that I would um, look for in a woman that I am dating. So question to that when so if that's what you're looking for i would i would expect that that type of woman would have to come already already finished right already independent already achieved her own goals already already top of the line and have met her goals to push you there would that would i be out of line for considering that i would say um yeah you would be because for some, for most women, they don't have to. They don't have to be there. Um, I don't expect a woman to be there, but if I, because with myself, I'm, I will motivate her to get to that point. Um, and I want to be able to, you know, if she's already there and she doesn't have any further that she can go, then I feel as though I can't add any value to her and to her life in that point from that point of view. So, you know, I definitely would enjoy someone that is you know, they're not where they're, they want to be and they have something to strive for because then now I can add value to her. So she doesn't have to be all set up and she doesn't have to be uh, completely successful with where she's at right now, because we can do that together because I believe that you should be able to help the person that you're with grow and get ahead in life as well. So it's more or less, it's an equal trade. It's definitely equal. Nice. And so I don't want this to sound like an episode of The Bachelor and I'm just like interviewing you for, for your perfect mate. <laughs> but I'm, I'm asking these questions because I feel like we're, we're growing in a generation right now where women are just like frantic in what they're willing to do to earn a good man. Mm. And it scares me like just looking at social media and, you know, all the, the plastic surgery and the, um, the drama and the way we work to emphasize ourselves with apps and makeup and all of the above, you know, and just noticing to point out that you didn't say anything about that. That's not what you're looking for, even though it might catch your attention. That's not what you're looking for. Am I correct? Yeah, definitely. Because. I'm not definitely being as though I'm not looking for that because at the end of the day, all of those things only last for so long. And if I, if you don't, if you're not set and good as a person, then we're not going to have a foundation to build off of in the future. Bad as hell or not. Yeah. (laughs) Those looks won't last forever. Exactly. 
Okay, so speaking of insecurities, if you had a female friend that said to you, she was really contemplating, you know, plastic surgery. And I say plastic surgery, I'm talking about the, like, what's in right now. You know, like mm-hmm. the the chest or the, the bottom half. Like, what would what would you say to her? What would your advice be? My advice would be to do exactly, do what it is that makes you happy. Um, of course, I see something in them besides uh, or I see something in them besides them wanting to get that surgery. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're beautiful besides that. Um, I would just ask, what is the, you know, what's the reason? Um, ask questions simply like, you know, when you, what, what's the reason that you want to get, go about doing this? Um, you know, what are you going to feel when you have this surgery and it's in place? Now, what do you feel that you can bring to the table besides that? Um, pretty much just questions that, you know, will ho- hopefully be able to get them to the, the reason as to why they really want to do it other than, hey, I just want a big butt. <laughs> so I would, I would, you know, because all of us, as a female, I know too many of us have contemplated it, you know, myself included, not to, to, not to a crazy extent, but we think about it. Um, okay. And it's because of competition, because we feel like our leading, we're constantly competing with our, the first image that you get from a woman. So mm. if that's how women compete, how do men compete? Wow. I, I guess you can, you're, you're right about that. <clears throat> um, how men compete. I would say in the past, you know, I, I believe that I had to have money. I had to have an education. Um, I had to, you know, set myself apart from these other guys out there. That's how I looked at things in the past, in the past. Now, the way that I look at it is what value can I add to this woman's life? And I believe that the value that I bring to her is what I have to offer. Mm, um, and that's what's going to set me apart. And that's that's what's going to set me apart from the other guys. Mm, how many women do you think are mature enough to understand that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not necessarily... Um, they have to be mature enough to understand it. It's, I think every woman is going to be able to recognize it. Um, and not in those words, but if she comes into my life and then she feels as though I can't leave, that she's going to need me in her life, then that's the value that I'm offering. Um, wait, 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 wait. I like that. Hold on. (laughs) So if she's going to leave and she's questioning, you know, like that she feels like she can't because the value that you've added, wouldn't that be like a, isn't that like a turnoff? Isn't that a level of dependency for men that they don't like? You said for men? Yeah. So maybe, maybe I heard it wrong, but so you said if she was considering leaving and she felt like she needed you and that was the value that you added, that she was mm-hmm. going to lose that value from you. But I, I look at it like I, I feel like some men, that's a turnoff for them because it's like a level of dependency when a woman feels like she needs you for something. Okay, so now I, I get where you're saying, where you're coming from with that. You're thinking that the value that comes based off of, okay, she's living with me. And if she if I say, hey, I'm getting ready to leave you, she feels as though she's getting ready to lose her her the head over her roof. Um, that's not the value that I'm referring to. Um, the value that I'm referring to is uh, and, and I've dated in the past and uh, just recently. And 
one of the things that the woman that I was dating told me was that she says, what you bring to the table, it makes you valuable because I feel like I can't get that from anywhere else. And what value she was referring to was I wanted to help her get ahead. And in order, I was holding her accountable to do the things that she needed to do to get ahead. And that's the value that I offered her. Mm. So if she separated me from the picture, that's something that's the value that she will not have if I'm no longer in that picture. Mm. Wow. 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 Sorry, I'm just thinking about that. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we all know the famous Lewis House. Mm -hmm. He recently released a book this year called The Mask of Masculinity. And I didn't read the whole thing, but I definitely flipped through it. And it was really cool because it talked about um, how how men can't move forward, find happiness and really know them true self, their true selves until they re- remove, they discover and remove this mask that they're hiding behind. And he gave mm-hmm. some examples of like, you know, and it, it, they were so simple. That's how funny it was. It was like the Joker mask, which is like the guy that, um, you know, everything has to be funny, has to tell the first joke, has to be identified as the funny guy, the, the athlete mask, you know, that everything is a, a sport and you're super athletic and, or the invincible mask or the wealthy mask. You know, I can just buy everything. I'm the I'm the richest man around. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there were there was ever a mask you were wearing that you've at, at one point in your life you've hid behind? I would definitely say wealth. Um, at one point, you know, I was doing really well in life. Um, you know, and of course that was what I would show on social media. That's one thing that everyone would see, and I. It went to a point where I wasn't doing as well as I was. And that was the mask that I would say I hid behind because I didn't want I didn't want people to see me as that person that wasn't successful. And I was afraid of I was afraid to fail. And I hid behind that mask, even with my friends to the point where it was like I didn't want to tell them that I wasn't doing well because I didn't want them to have a a specific view on me of me as being a failure. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that's definitely one that I, I hid behind. Wow. Where did you find the comfort to like how, when you identified that, how did you like find the comfort to move from behind it and kind of just open up to like your true situation and your true self? Man, this has like been something that I would say I've hid behind my entire life. And it wasn't until recently where I took a program And it was a course and they mentioned being authentic and being real with yourself. And now that I think about it, you say that's a mask. It's something that we hide behind that prevents us from actually being real and being true to ourself. And once I grasp that concept, then I realized that I will be free if I was able to be who I truly am. So once I did that, it was like, hey, if you can't be real with your friends, then they're not really your friends because they don't know. They don't know the true you. And at that point, that was one thing I had to come clear with all of my friends and let them know, hey, things aren't as good as I made them out to be. This is actually really what happened. And my entire life, I pretty much went through 
life asking myself, like, why is it that I'm not getting what I want out of the friendships that I have? And when I took that course, it made me realize, hey, Mike, you're not getting it because you're not being authentic. You're not being real with the people that are in your life. And once I was able to do that, that's when things opened up for me. And then I was able to really be free. I was able to be myself and have those relationships that I've been wanting or have those relationships where I realized that something was missing. Now nothing's missing anymore because I'm authentic and I'm real and people see that and they're able to be real and authentic back with you. And now that's where you have a true friendship. Wow. So, okay. So think back to, cause you, you mentioned it yourself. You were at one point really, really wealthy, you know, and, and things seemed really great. And, and since have changed a little bit, do you think in that um, that decline, I guess we could call it, or that that transition, that it would have been really difficult for you to be in a relationship? It was, and I had you know many failed attempts in relationships back at that time because I could not tell the person who I was with exactly what was going on with me. And it was something that I hid behind because I just, in my head, I was just like, they'll never understand. They'll look at me differently. They'll leave me and we won't work out. Mm. Do you think a lot of men do that? You know, I, I don't want to speak for a lot of men, but I would say that that's definitely uh, that's a that's a conversation I've actually had with friends of mine who are men. And they definitely attested to, yes, they do hide behind that. Do you think? One of the so it was well, I know it's hard for men to be vulnerable in general, but do you think wealth and like financial stability is one of the things that's the most difficult for them to be vulnerable about? I would say wealth is one of them, but also I would say being vulnerable is one of them as well because men would would rather not be vulnerable around other men because they're looked at as weak. Oh yeah. He talks about that whole thing in the book about in that same book I just mentioned about how women, we like run to each other. We've got groups to mm-hmm. talk about all of our problems and that men don't have anyone to talk to about anything. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's that's facts. And then it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and it creates some type of, um, you know, however, whatever your outlet is, or the, you know, whether it be like you know, drinking or, um, spent, you know, gambling or, you know, um, anger and defeat. That's definitely possible. And I can definitely see how that would be, uh, how that's relevant. Wow. So you said in the beginning, you said men can be insecure too. Mm -hmm. Besides wealth and being vulnerable, like give me some simple examples of what men can be insecure about, like something that would surprise us. Like, are men insecure about compliments? Um, I mean, for myself, I wouldn't say no, I'm insecure about compliments. I would say one thing that I personally have been insecure about is my appearance. Um, over the years, I've gained weight, I've lost weight. And I will say um, one of the main reasons why I lost weight, a, a lot of weight recently, um, one thing that I, one, <laughs> the reason I would actually not tell people in the past was because I was actually in a relationship where it didn't go right. It didn't, it went, it went the south. You know, we pretty much broke up. And my thing was, is I want to, you know, I wanted to say, hey, 
I'm worthy. And that was the reason as to why I actually lost weight and I got in shape was because, okay, I'm going to prove to the world that I'm worthy. Um, you know, and one of my, my way of doing that was my appearance. So that's a, that was an insecurity of mine was that, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm overweight, you know, I don't look great. Um, I'm going to change this so that I can be a better person. You know what? No shame to you. I think we all do that. Don't they say we're like, we turn into the best version of ourselves, like fresh out of a breakup. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I just, I don't think men are able to admit that. Um, women may be, you know, women are definitely more vulnerable than men. And I think that women have no shame in saying that, but men, we hide behind that mask and, you know, men can't put that out there and open. But, um, so in a conversation of your friends, you can't say like, yo, we broke up and this is hurting me so bad. You can't say that. I can now, but that would be something that I wasn't able to do in the past. Wow. Huh. That, and that must that must lead on forever. Like, I can imagine, like, we get it all out. Women get it all out. And then we, like, decide how we're going to grieve over it. And then, okay, all right, now it's just a matter of time. And we leave that in the past. And then we go on to the next relationship. Most, most women, not you know, takes a little self-discovery. But yeah. I feel like for a lot of men, those things, because they don't, they're never dealt with, they transition into new relationships. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. They definitely do. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it'll, it's a story that they carry with themselves that will play out in their future and in their future being the relationships that they currently are in. Yes, 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 yes. So what do you think is the most difficult thing? Maybe, and we'll just say you instead of generalizing it. What's the most difficult thing for men or you to do for a woman? Like, what are women always asking for that men are like, oh, this is so hard? Um, again, I can speak well, for myself in the past. One of the things that I always had a hard time with with women was that we weren't never on the same page. Mm. And just recently, I took another course in communication. And what I realized was that I was communicating with with people the wrong way, whereas I was always listening to respond or react to what it was that they said. And now um, what I'm able to do is actually listen for what they're actually saying And then the conversation goes from there, whereas I'm not forcing an outcome of the conversation. I'm basically listening and the conversation is created by what that other person is saying. And to give you an example of what that looks like is that now when I have a conversation with a woman that I'm dating, I'm listening to her. And women always want to be heard. Um, Everybody wants to be heard and they want to be understood. And when I was listening in the past to respond and to react I really wasn't listening because I wanted to get my point out. But now when I have a conversation with someone that I'm dating, I listen and I can respond to them and based off of what they are saying, which allows me to actually be in communication with them. And I get told often, not just from people that I'm dating, but people in general, that 
I'm actually listening and most men aren't able to do that. And they feel as though that they're being heard. And what I can do now is actually repeat back to them what exactly it was that they said to the point where they're like, wow, you understand me. So now I'm able to actually understand women, understand people in conversation. Um, and we're able to have effective conversation and get point our points across, but also move forward and take action on whatever it is that we're doing. So it's amazing now um, to be in communication with someone and to be able to, um, you know, understand each other and not have any uh, any, let's say, areas where we have a disagreement um, or we're not understanding each other because the conversation is incomplete until we understand both each other's point of view. Oh, I love that. Isn't it so interesting that we all think we're master communicators until someone tells us otherwise? Oh, yeah, that's like with everything. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a little off topic, but I thought it was so cool that you said that because every time I interview someone and we talk about best practices or like tools or anything, I always feel like everything can be like cross reference and applied to different aspects of our life. And you talked about like active listening and then repeating it back to make sure that both parties understand that what was said is understood. And, um, in my role, I was, um, working with at risk kids. I've learned this, they call it motivational interviewing. And all it really is, is that when a, when someone's talking to you, you actively listen and then you repeat, you, you repeat by saying, so what I heard you saying is, and then interpreting it to them the way in which you heard it. Exactly. And, and it really works because the, they'll be like, oh my God, you listened and you, like, that's everyone's response is, oh, you really, li-, I felt like this woman really listened to me and really heard me out. Yeah. And I would say, and you probably noticed this is when you, before you learned that, when you had a conversation with people and you did repeat something back to them, what they said, they probably said, no, that's not what I meant. Yes. And that's often what happened to me is it's like, no, that's not what I meant. But I thought you said one thing, but I did, but that's not what you said. But now the way, my way of listening is when I repeat things back to them, it's yes. That's exact. That's what that's what I mean. And now they're a, we're able to connect because people want to be heard. And when you hear everything that they say, and then they understand that you understand what they <laughs> that you understand what they said. Now it's just like we have the connection together, and you're able to make deeper connections with people because of that. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is the all end all goal of a good relationship is a deep deep connection that you feel like you can have with no one else and Mm -hmm. it truly just starts with good communication that's it that's it it's it's super simple but like for some reason we're like men and women are from different planets that's why i wanted to do this so badly (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is i don't even i don't think like you say from different planets i don't even think that's the case it's just that we're not understanding each other We're, we're not And most people aren't willing to, like, when you were talking about that talking and listening, I was thinking a lot of people listen and hear one thing they don't like or they have misunderstood, and they Mm -hmm. only harp on that one thing. It's like like selective hearing. They don't Mm -hmm. hear anything else. They couldn't understand your point of view because they're upset or took something personal that they felt like, well, that's not how I see it. And so they can't see anything past that. Exactly. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-mm-mm. 30s and still learning. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you always learn, and you can't you can't act like you know everything. Yeah, and we and we think that men think they know everything, and men think <laughs> that we think we know everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, from a man's perspective, what do you think women don't understand about men, but that they really need to? Wow, that's a great question. Um, man, I don't even know how to answer that now. I'm thinking about it. It's like, what do men need to to? What is something that women can under that need to understand about men? Well, I think about every argument that I've ever had with with a you know an ex boyfriend or something, and it always ends with like, "Well, you just don't understand that about men." So <laughs> I ask that with good intentions. <laughs> Because what is it? What is it about men that we don't understand? That we need to be cared for as well. Um, that we have feelings and that even though on the outside we're these masculine men and, you know, we're supposed to be the provider, we're supposed to be the protector. Um, but at the end of the day, behind closed doors, we still have emotions. Uh, we still have feelings, and we want women to be able to understand that and to, you know, view us from our point of view and our perspective that we're still these, you know, feeling individuals. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, what would you say to? Because I, I remember in the past calling, like, telling my ex boyfriends they were like the Grinch because they have no feelings, and mm. so. I hear you when you say that, but I feel like a lot of women in their relationship are going to look deep and go, how do I know that you have feelings when you never, ever express them? And that's, I think that goes back to the mask is that, yeah, men men act like they don't have any feelings so that they don't get hurt. And that's a, uh, that's a mask that we use. That's a uh, shield that we put up to protect us. And I think that the way around that, is to still is to because what what happens is is women probably say yeah men they don't have feelings and they continue to they stop doing whatever it is that got them to the point where they said that men don't have feelings and you should continue to do that because even though you do something and you think that the guy doesn't have feelings chances are is that there you really are impacting him in some way where he may not show it but the things that you do are affecting him is there a special way that women could get most men to begin to express themselves or how we could create a level of comfort to get men I would, to express themselves? I would say by listening to them and listening without any intentions, listening without putting meaning to things um, and just listening to what it is that they're saying. Because one thing that I learned uh, and this may be a little a little bit advanced, but when someone talks, they have an emotion attached to what they're saying and they have an intent. And what that means is that when someone is talking and, you know, when I say something along the lines of, you know, I feel that, you know, you're not listening to me. The emotion behind that is they're feeling something. But the intent is, is that I want to be heard. And when you understand someone's emotion and their intent behind what they say, and the intent isn't always easily um, defined, 
But when you're listening to someone and if you repeat back to them what it is that they said, now what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to get what they're feeling and then what their their emotion and what their intent is behind what they're saying. So if you're listening to a guy and what it is that he's saying, um, you're definitely going to be able to connect to him on a different level to the point where he is going to be able to open up to you and be vulnerable. And I think that's one of the things that it's important for women to do. Because, again, we're feeling we're, you know, we're individuals that have feelings and emotions and, you know, you just have to break down that tough, that their tough skin and get into the inside of the person of who they really are. Tough skin, tough layers. It'll probably take you eight or nine layers. Mike, one of your homeboys is going to listen to this and be like, Mike, why did you tell everyone that? (laughs) That was too much information for us. (laughs) You're helping them crack the code. I mean, I think that we need to in order to have these meaningful and deep connections with one another. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, ladies, um, listen to your man. Ask questions like you care and then repeat it back so that you can really understand what they're feeling, even though it is difficult. I like that and I'm going to try it. (laughs) Definitely. So I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) So one last uh, question. And my goal with this mask off Monday is to really involve my audience. I really want my ladies to be able to chime in and ask questions. And so I did take one question uh, from an, from someone that listened to my podcast. uh, When I, I brought this up to my social media audience and she wanted to know why is it so difficult For some men, and I say some because I don't want to generalize, some men to say sorry. Wow. Um, I will say because as men, we don't want to admit our wrong, that we're wrong. Um, We want to feel as though that we're right all the time. And I don't think who wants to be wrong? Who wants to be? I was going to say, I feel like that's like a um, that's not a um, gender thing. I feel like that goes both ways. It does. I don't like to say sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like I don't want to admit my wrongdoing. I want to always be right. Um, And I think that that is because that per individual is placing a, a lot of attention on themselves. And what I learned is that when you place the attention on someone else, that's when you're able to give up things. And you're able to have that deeper connection because now I'm, my focus is on making you happy. And when I'm doing that, I can I can automatically say, OK, I'm sorry. And I apologize because I was wrong in that situation in which now the attention isn't on me. It's on you because I want to make you happy and I want to continue to um, you know, see you grow. And I want to you know, make sure that you're getting everything that you want so I can say I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah. I love that you said that because someone, oh my gosh, someone asked me the other day, like just in casual conversation, what, how come no one can define what love feels like? And mm. we talked about a lot of different things, but I was like, I really feel like it just boils down to when you just naturally put that person before yourself, whether they're wrong or they're mm-hmm. right. And it's, it's, it's like you just said, like the, the entire relationship is how do I make you, you happy? And I have to take the pity party off myself, even when you're wrong. 
Wow. That, and now that you mentioned that, it actually took me back to a quote that I got out of the book, The Go-Giver, in which the guy in the book, he said uh, the reason why his marriage worked for, and they've been together for so many years and why it's lasted is because he put his best – he put hers, her best interest before his. And what that told me right there was that when you, you know, most people focus on themselves and that's why I don't even, I don't want to say this, but that's why, you know, divorces occur. That's why people don't get along is because you're thinking about your best interest. And he said, I'm able to put my best, her best interest before mine. And in turn, she's able to do the same thing. And that's why we work so well together. Listen, I just read this. It's five minutes before we jumped on. And it said, refusing to make, it says, but refusing to make your own needs top priority is what makes you a man. Yeah. And that's, you, you can, you can turn it backwards, frontwards, doesn't matter how you skin it. It's the same, it's the same concept. Exactly. It's, it's, it's when your selfish ways are removed and someone is placed before you that you can have a successful relationship, marriage, all of the above. I think we're in agreement on that on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun. Mike, thank you for taking your mask off in front of everybody and letting them hear the real, true, vulnerable version of you. I appreciate you and can't thank you enough. Hey, thank you for having me. This was great. I can't say that it was fun. And, uh, yeah, it's it was good. <laughs> watch out for the ladies in your inbox. They're going to be like, hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hey, thanks, well, just, thanks for having me. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded face is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.